0: Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club Year in Review episode. I am the host of the Cinema Catch-Up Club, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for joining me for this final episode of 2023. Well, 2023, what a year for cinema. Uh, of course, we are mostly focused on older films, but this year, more so than any other year, the modern film industry had an impact, with, of course, the sag After Strikes which went from the middle of July until early November. Uh, a long period of strikes, I believe about 118 days. The result of which though meant that we actually reviewed fewer films than we have ever done so before. We reviewed 32 films. Now normally we'd review about 50 to 52 in a year, so dropping down to 32 was was um, pretty pretty significant. But of course, uh, I don't regret the fact that we took a break. Um, basically. Quite a lot of our guests and contributors are people that work in the film industry, be it as actors, filmmakers, you know, those sorts of roles. And some of them are members of equivalent unions here in Australia, some of them even do have connections to SAG-AFTRA. And obviously their members are on strike, part of the strike action called for people to not be engaging in any work that could be seen to be promoting the studios that were being struck against. And the problem when you do a program that reviews films from the past, notable films from the past, it's it's tempting to go and watch them. And so, you know, if we're watching a film from, say, Warner Brothers, just to pick a random studio as an example, if we're watching a Warner Brothers film and we're saying, oh my, we had a really great time watching this film that Warner Brothers put out in 1993, you're probably going to want to go and watch it. So... Uh, a big thank you, I should say, to the people at sag who did respond to uh, inquiries that we made about what was the best way to support them. And they were, I think given this, the situation, they were very quick to respond. Uh, we had an email back uh, within a couple of days was uh, setting out pretty clearly what it was that they were uh, looking at from uh, people that were supporting the strike and telling us how we could best help support them. So a massive thank you to them, and also the strike action was resolved with a deal that seems to be pretty satisfactory for all concerned that was striking. And so, yes, we have been able to return. Uh, we returned with a couple of Christmas episodes and our long-awaited review of School of Rock. Um, so, yeah, a, a bit of a, a bit of a strange year in that sense, but what it did mean is, of course, there were several months there where we couldn't review films. So what were we going to do? it did allow us to engage in a really fun project, the Cinema Catch-Up Club Film Quiz, or, as it got redubbed, the Cinema Quiz-Up Club, where 16 of our regular pundits got to go up against each other one-on-one in a knockout film knowledge tournament. Uh, We have not actually finished that tournament at the time of recording, we are close to the grand final, but as it stands, uh, we have not finished it, so I can't reflect on uh, who won. But what I can reflect on is the fact that it's been really fun. Uh, listeners have been in touch saying how much they've enjoyed the program. Our uh, guests who regularly come on the program uh, really enjoyed, uh, well, most of them did at least, really enjoyed getting to do quizzes. It turns out we've got quite a quiz strong uh, group of, of regular uh, contributors to the program and so it's been really fun uh, testing their knowledge Uh, and also for those who've been listening to them our weekly visits from the ghost of alan rickman has been uh, a particular highlight so 2023 bit of a strange year but we still have uh, reviewed 32 films which means that we still can give you a top five and bottom five of films that were reviewed in 2023 We start with our top 5 films based on the scores that are given by everyone that watched them. So these are just the films that we felt were pretty damn good and probably worth a rewatch. At number 5, with an average score of 8.875 out of 10, it was School of Rock. Uh, School of Rock was released 20 years ago. We recorded this episode Just before the strike action was called And then we held on to that recording Until after the strike had concluded Uh, It was a bit of a shame Because it was such a a fun and special episode But at the same time Not a problem to do at all Because we were all very supportive of the strike action Uh, A special episode because we did have An extra guest on the program We normally have two We had three Uh, Tegan and Simon who were our regular guests Were joined by Friend of the show, Brent Hill. Uh, Brent, of course, only having been on the show once before, uh, back in 2020 from memory. Uh, the reason for that is because shortly after that, he was cast in uh, a little show called Hamilton. <laughs> the Yes, the uh, hit musical sensation. Uh, he was cast as King George III in the Australian production. And so he has not been in WA for a lot of that time. Uh, but luckily, in the middle of this year, he was back. And we got him to do School of Rock because he appeared in the stage version of School of Rock, playing Jack Black's role of um, Dewey. Is it Dewey? I actually can't remember now. But uh, playing the the lead role, essentially, uh, in that in in that uh, play. Uh, and he actually ended up winning the Helpman Award for it. So it, w- it was a really special um, thing for the programme to be able to get someone who was so familiar with not only the text, but with the lead role, uh, and talking about those experiences of... Uh, being in that production in um, School of Rock, uh, it was just wonderful, and it's it's so lovely uh, whenever we can get uh, Brent on the program uh, because he loves he, he he loves film it it and he loves talking about it and it was so great uh, also to share that film with um, Simon who was our, our first time watcher. It it stands up pretty well. Um, it it's a really really fun film there are aspects of it which have aged a little bit some of the nicknames that uh dewey does give to the kids are a bit Ooh, <laughs> i'm not sure that's quite a, a pc nickname for for a, for a child but there you go um, and obviously um you know it, it's a fantasy film it's it's a power fantasy about the the power of rock inspiring the next generation it, it's really fun though it's a really fun film, and still worth a watch. Still still surprisingly wholesome as well. Uh, definitely worth a watch. At number four, staying in the musical theatre realm, Chicago, with an average score of 9.5 out of 10. We reviewed this one right at the start of 2023. Um, Chicago is fantastic. For my money, I think it is one of the best, maybe even the best adaptation of a stage musical to film. I was fortunate enough uh, a couple of weeks ago to actually see a stage production of Chicago uh, it toured to WA for the, the first time in its history, as a big official production and what really struck me having now seen the the stage version is just how effective the changes that the film chose to make were in terms of fleshing out that story, giving us more perspective on Roxy and Velma and just that blending of the theatrical theatricality, even of the um, musical stage show, and incorporating that into film and the use of of film language, and a lot of the time it's shot like a, a you know quite a serious film drama, and then these musical elements would bleed in, not just in the musical numbers, but in a few other scenes. It's a really really fun uh, staging. I I think it's I actually think it is a film an adaptation which enhances the original production. Um, I know some people that really like their musical theatre may disagree with that, but for me, I think it was absolutely outstanding. Um, And yes, very, very much deserving a place in our top ten. Our top five, and our top ten. We're only doing the top five. Number three, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, 9.56 out of ten. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a film that I knew we were going to get to at some point uh, in this program, and so I'd been holding off watching it until it came up. Uh, Goodness me, what an incredible film. What an incredible demonstration of Animation prowess, uh, really, really fun. A really good Spider-Man story, a really good, you know, multiverse story, uh, but but just enhanced so much by incredible imagery, very, very talented animation uh, animators uh, at the top of their top of their craft. It is it's a stunning film. Um, I I've yet to see the the follow up uh, which came out more recently, the Across the Spider-Verse film, but I am very much looking forward to watching it because this film, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, was just breathtaking. Um, I'm a little annoyed I didn't get to see it in the cinema. If, if it's screening in a cinema, I may have to go. At number two, with an average score of 9.83 out of 10, The Piano. Uh, the Piano was a, a bit of a surprise um, for, for me in terms of how much I really enjoyed this film. Uh, it's, it's a film that... You, I think it's a film that because of having a title like The Piano, it, it just seems a bit... Vague, it seems a bit like, oh, I don't really know what this is about. But this romantic thriller is stunning. Yeah, It's a historical drama directed by Jane Campion, uh, starring uh, Holly Hunter, Harvey Keitel, Sam Neill. And it is just... It, it's stunning. It's, it's a really stunning bit of filmmaking. Um, it is about a uh, Scottish woman who is mute, who is... Um, she travels to New Zealand with her daughter uh, because she's getting married to someone that owns uh, a lot of land in New Zealand. It's it's obviously, um, it's got a lot that it's touching on. You know, we're looking at uh, New Zealand at a time of uh, colonisation. We're looking at uh, relationships between men and women. Uh, the piano itself is pretty striking um, in terms of being this this great grand piano, which is this way that um, that Holly Hunter's character communicates, because obviously she she doesn't speak, but she plays this piano and she plays it beautifully, and that image of it just being left on the beach at the start of the film because they can't move it, uh, or it's always difficult to move, um, is, is stunning. Uh, and the piano as sort of this central connection for the main characters in our film, and particularly our, our romantic leads in Holly Hunter and, and Harvey Keitel. Uh, just just wonderful. Just a really, really wonderful film. Well worth a watch. Um, absolutely outstanding. Uh, definitely worthy of all the awards that it won, and a very worthy holder of the number two spot on our list for 2023. Our number one film for 2023, and the only film be given 10 out of 10 by all three panellists Children of Men what a film 2006 Children of Men was selected by Robert Woods uh, as his 25th film for the podcast and wowzers what a choice Robert um, it, it was it was just breathtaking Clive Owen Julianne Moore Michael Caine uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor a wonderful cast showing a dystopic world of the future, set in the 2020s, whoops, of uh, where basically people stopped being able to have babies. Uh, Specifically, it's framed as women stopped being fertile. And then of course, what happens in a world where this can't happen? Our lead character, our protagonist of Theo, played by Clive Owen, encounters the world's only pregnant woman, the only hope for life going forward for humanity. It is dark, it is grim, it is thrilling. It is sensational. It is it is an absolutely amazing film, well and truly worthy of getting a 10 out of 10 from from everyone. Making it I believe only the seventh film in the history of the program that has received all 10s and dare I say maybe a more willing a more deserving uh, recipient of all tens than maybe some of the others it's so so very 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 good Uh, Alfonso Cuaron directing it and just putting together an absolute masterpiece Uh, Children of Men a must watch so thrilling and a worthy winner of our 2023 film of the year But for every top five, there is a bottom five. And we are going to be looking at these films uh, now, the five films that got the lowest overall scores on the Cinema Catch-Up Club in 2023. And coming in, fifth last, Coming to America, 5.66 out of 10. In a normal year, uh, Coming to America would probably not be in the bottom five. In fact, in in a normal year where we review more films, I think... The next couple of films we talk about probably wouldn't be in the bottom five. Just a little unlucky that uh, with with such a... Well, with a much smaller sample size to pull from that it's ended up here. Uh, there's nothing terribly wrong with Coming to America. With an average score of 5.66 out of 10, it's better than average, statistically. I suppose what it is is that it's nothing more than fine. Uh, a lot of the humour is stuff that feels like we've seen before... And arguably, maybe even saw before coming to America, but it's it's perfectly good. Eddie Murphy is very charming as a lead. It's it's notable for, of course, uh, being one of the first films to feature Samuel L. Jackson as the robber. Uh, all the stuff with McDowell's, uh, <laughs> the, the the faux McDonalds, is is really fun. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. It's a little unlucky to be here in the bottom five, though. At number four, our fourth bottom. Ranked film of the year, Mad Max: Beyond Thunderdome, also with 5.66 out of 10, but ranked lower due to uh, we give weighting to the person who hasn't seen the film before. We give more weighting to their score, and uh, they gave uh, Beyond Thunderdome a lower score than our person who hadn't seen Coming to America um, gave that film. Uh, look, Mad Max: Beyond Thunderdome. Again, it's fine. In fact. It's quite fun. The first half of uh, Beyond Thunderdome is, is a really good, fun Mad Max film. And then the second half with the village of children living in the remains of the crashed plane... Just feels like it was a completely different movie that got thrown into the mix and it's because it was <laughs> historically speaking these are two separate ideas the first half with master blaster and um who runs to Town and all of that was was written separately from all the stuff to do with the village of of children growing up in the wreckage of a plane and it's it's it suffers a bit from that mishmash um I think if it had stuck with being one or the other. Perhaps this would have been better, and certainly the Thunderdome is is great. Um, Tina Turner, the late great Tina Turner, uh, was was really good in in this film. Just like the perfect sort of campy Mad Max style villain, uh, well, villain. You know, it's that sort of thing where there's a lot more uh, uncertainty about who are the goodies and the baddies in this film. And yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. It's it's not particularly brilliant, but it's. A, again i think it's a little unlucky to be here uh but it's it's fine uh perfectly fine it's it's it really it suffers because obviously nowadays we have uh something like fury road to look at which is just incredible um so unfortunately beyond thunderdome does does suffer a little bit because of that uh number three in our bottom five 300 the episode that we reviewed for our 300th episode we sort of had to, uh, an average score of 5.5 5 out of 10. Uh, 300, again, it's 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 pretty average, but given that it was, you know, viewed at the time that it was released in the mid-2000s as being this sort of big Swords and Sandals epic, obviously uh, Zack Snyder's slow-mo uh, footage uh, use was quite new and novel at the time that this film was made, it's, it's fine. Uh, it's a bit dark not ton- i mean it's dark tonally but some some scenes are just a bit dark um a lot of the storytelling is fairly basic they're, they're, it is a little bit problematic with its depiction obviously of the invading persian uh army as basically not being human uh they're often depicted more like the orcs from lord of the rings almost as these these fantasy characters who who deserve the brutality that they're receiving because they're purely evil and not human at all that that doesn't read terribly well in a um in a 2023 viewing but ultimately 300 is it's it's just kind of there <laughs> it's um it's it's fine it's you know it's it's it's, it's a, a bit silly uh but, but it's still look, if you like abs, you'll love 300, Uh, but I don't know that there's much more beyond that to to really recommend here. Number two in our bottom five list, with an average score of 4.33 out of 10, Deep Impact. Uh, We watched Armageddon and Deep Impact uh, back-to-back, because that's what you have to do. Armageddon, coincidentally, just, just avoiding being in the bottom five, with a score of 5.83 out of 10. Um, Look, people will have their favorites of the um you know big space rock crashing into earth 90s action flicks uh, between the two uh you know and the fact that they came out so close to one another is um you know it, it's it's always been a fascinating thing about about these two films it's like you know volcano and dante's peak which i'm sure we'll do at some point in the future um deep impact i think maybe suffers uh because it's a bit more boring than Armageddon. Say what you like about Armageddon, and we did. You know, that movie uh, did, didn't necessarily get off brilliantly. Um, but, you know, Michael Bay can make films which are watchable and fun, even if they are a bit a bit gross and uh, oversaturated and, and nonsensical. Whereas Deep Impact, which was a... It, it felt like it was more of an attempt to show the reality of what a situation like of, like that would look like. And it just got a bit lost. Deep Impact actually felt like it would do much better as a Netflix series or a streaming series where you have more time with all of these disparate characters and seeing how they affect each other's stories. Um, It was interesting, but at the same time, it didn't... It was hard to build stakes, and that seems like a really odd thing to say... When it's a film about the end of the world, as it were, um, and and the fact that the attempt to stop the meteorite um, does not completely work uh, is is really interesting. But I'm I'm struggling to remember much about the film uh, now as I sit here. You know, I, I obviously remember Morgan Freeman as the as the president. Um, you know, because he's he's a good movie president um obviously uh, Elijah Wood Tia Leone um John Favreau you know they've all they've all got parts in it but it's it's hard to remember a lot of <laughs> a lot of what they did I, I remember the imagery of the wave um caused by the the tsunami wave caused by the the meteorite um just wiping out that beach and then and then going through new york city and, and doing that i remember that but it it just didn't hit funnily enough it was it was not a very impactful (laughs) film unfortunately and uh, Armageddon which was um, much sillier much much sillier but also dare I say just a bit more more fun Um, whereas Deep Impact was a a little bit navel-gazy and we we just didn't vibe with it as much Uh, 4.33 out of 10 not a great score and I think it's arguably just that it feels a little bit dull in terms of how the story was told. Um, So yeah, sorry Deep Impact. Number one and the deserving winner of our worst film of the year list with an average score of just 2.33 out of 10 I give you 1978's The Lord of the Rings. The animated uh, version of the first two books in The Lord of the Rings trilogy The Fellowship of the Ring and... Uh, the two towers put to animation in in the 70s um oh boy was this not fun <laughs> there are some fun elements to it it should be said um and you know it's 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 an interesting uh voice cast uh john hurt of course as, as aragon is actually quite a good choice for for the time um but yes the animated Lord of the Rings film from 1978, uh, directed by Ralph Bakshi, just really loses its way as it goes on. There's some really interesting um, use of animation in this film, um, but it gets very muddled. The the story gets very lost. um, Even though there is this hybrid of the traditional cell animation and then uh, the rotoscoped animation, for, particularly for like the, the the orcs and the shadowy creatures from from Moria uh were you know, they'd take live uh footage, they'd film people in the costumes and then draw over them to create that 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 effect. Um it, it's a cool effect. But goodness me, it's it's two it's over two hours long and you can honestly turn it off after the first hour you can well and truly turn it off um it really suffers from the fact that we have three excellent live action lord of the rings films as well um which which tell the story in a way that suits film language much better it's it's a it's a glorious failure is what i would call it um 1978's lord of the rings um it's it's interesting to see in in some respects, it's interesting to see some of the animation in in practice, but it is not worth sitting through all um, one hundred and thirty three minutes of it. Uh, it's 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 bad. It it's genuinely a bad film, and it is actually our joint lowest ranked film in the history of the program. Uh, in more than three hundred films, the only film which has uh, as bad a score which was 2.33 out of 10 was terminator 3 rise of the machines so you know it's it's below attack of the clones it's below the super mario brothers movie from the 90s with bob hoskins it's it's below a mum for christmas like it it is a not a good film uh, avoid it at all costs it up for 2023 uh it's been quite the year um and so luckily the strike's over uh 2024 now stretches out before us with no interruptions coming up or is there um there is an interruption that will be coming up and to join me to discuss said interruption uh to the scheduling of the program uh i've got dr ellen sears with me Stephen. hello dr ellen we we don't normally have guests in the year in review show. No, this is normally mine. Yeah, this is my Feels special so my special area that I'm letting you in. Yeah. Although we are married, so I suppose that makes sense. Yes. Um, every, every, everything you own is at least 50% mine. That's true, yes. So really you should have been doing at least half of these. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's that's your yeah, fault. That's true. <laughs> that's by the by. Um Dr. Ellen, Yeah. Um you have some news that you would like to share with the listeners about Something that's happening in 2024? Well, it's kind of both of our news, really, mm. I think, isn't it? It is. Should we stop being coy and just <laughs> let them know? Yeah, we probably should. Um, Steven and I are having a baby next year. That's correct. Yes. Ding dong merrily on high. We're recording this around Christmas. Uh, <laughs> yes, there is a, a baby on the way. Very exciting. The baby is due... In April, th- April, yes, April ish. Let's just say April ish, uh, depending on babies if we come be- early yeah. or late, we'll see how we go. Yeah, but uh, round about April, uh, the baby is due. Uh, it's very exciting, um, yes. and we wanted to share this with you, uh, one because. Your listeners, if you've been listening to this program for any length of time, we consider you at least a friend that we would tell about having a baby. Yeah. Um, but also, it does mean that it is going to affect some of the scheduling for the program. Absolutely. Uh, we haven't had a baby before. We haven't. This would be our. We first have had job. babies on the program previously. We have had baby guests. Not for a while. No, well they grow up. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but we um, yes we haven't had a baby ourselves. Uh yep, We. First, baby. We don't know how much this is going to affect our lives beyond the usual everything-changes amount, Uh, but I don't know what that's going to do to, say, weekly podcast recordings. Yeah. It's probably not going to be feasible um, at certain stages. Um, So... Basically, what we're saying is the schedule might be a bit fast and loose yeah, for a while. So you're going to but... get you're going to get regular episodes until you don't. Um, so so we're gonna we're gonna record. Um, you know, we 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 have lives. We're busy people. We're gonna still try and keep up with the one a week uh, now that we're back. But if we suddenly stop releasing episodes round about April. Now you know why. Uh, we'll try not to keep you in the dark. Um, you know, we we will share news going. Oh look, there's a baby! Hooray! And that kind of thing. Um, but yes, we are expecting a child. It's very exciting. I'm yes. getting excited again just talking about it. It's really nice. <laughs> um, but it does mean that yes, the program will hit a bit of an interruption. And then when we return, it m- probably won't be weekly. That's the only thing I'm going to say. It's yep. probably going to have to be a change. It could be fortnightly. It could just be. Whenever I'm not too tired to do one, which might be twenty twenty five so <laughs> we'll have to wait and see basically, we will inform you as we go, yes, uh, but it's very exciting news to to end the year on um and we're very glad that you are now in on this news, dear listener um and yeah that's that's it. it's gonna be very exciting, but it does mean probably less films uh it may even change the films we might start reviewing the paw patrol movie or things like that i'm god (laughs) i'm not sure what's gonna happen uh but um yes we're very excited and we hope that you are excited for us even though it means less programs (laughs) They've got a whole back catalogue to get through. They'll be fine. What an excellent reminder of the fact that we did six and a half years of straight weekly episodes that you can go back and listen to uh, if we do have to take a hiatus uh, for the baby that is all for this episode Dr Ellen thank you so much for joining me thanks for having me and for you dear listener thank you so much for joining us we will see you back in 2024 at least for a bit Uh, but until then I've got to go and try on my baby Bjorn Uh, until 2024 (laughs) goodbye bye